Hello and welcome to the second ever episode of Ben View on Spielberg. Uh, I'm your resident uh, Spielberg apatheticist, I think was what Tom called me in the review, which I really liked, but clearly didn't quite remember the, the uh, word. I'm Matt Benson, with me the resident Spielberg expert. Justin Keyson. Uh And today we are talking about the Sugarland Express, his first uh, straight-to-theaters film. Right. And his first uh, with John Williams. Yeah. Which is a big deal in the history of the Spielberg canon. No, um, that alone's already kind of a huge, oh crap, he's working with John Williams. Yeah, and it's weird, and I, I guess this is just as weird for Steven Spielberg, given the icon that he would become, yeah. but it's weird thinking of John Williams as like an up-and-comer who's just like kind of thrown <laughs> on this project with a, like a near first-time director. It is funny, I mean, I guess what will might end up happening during this show is that we will not only be charting Spielberg's career, but inadvertently we also will be doing John's career? Yeah, I mean, re- yeah, when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, granted, there's a specific other big movie john did that yeah. had nothing to do with well, i mean there's a few <laughs> there's a few there's a couple especially in this these next five years after this movie that's right but um but in the end yeah like the most iconic stuff it's argue it's hard to argue the most iconic stuff that john did is with spielberg yeah absolutely um, so it's interesting to note that this is their yeah this is their, their first, first collaboration movie. yeah, yeah. Um, so when did this movie come out? I've forgotten the exact year. I'm turning to you <laughs> as the expert. Uh, 1974. This was 74. Yeah, and I can't come off as, ooh, boom, I knew that number. I looked down at my <laughs> you notes. Got, you got it on the paper. <laughs> um, 1974. Yeah. Uh, three years after Duel. Yes. Right. Um, stars Goldie Hawn and uh, William Atherton, mm-hmm. which is always an interesting person to me. <laughs> because I ha- there are, to me, there are three wholly distinct versions of William Atherton <laughs> that I would never guess are the same person. <laughs> Uh, you, you you are you you familiar with him? Oh no! I, uh, go ahead. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but you're on a roll. Go ahead. So he he is for those who don't know, he is the star of this movie, and he's sort of a, a young, very skinny, kind of wiry looking red hair guy. Mm-hmm. And then you know, ten fifteen years later, he would probably have his two most famous roles. Uh, one is Walter Peck in Ghostbusters. Yep. Walter Pecker, as uh, as Bankman <laughs> hilariously calls him at one point. He, he does not have a dick. He does not. Have. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. We can confirm that. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, the news reporter in Die Hard's 1 and 2. He That's was right. also that. Uh, so that was the second phase of William Atherton. <laughs> and then the third phase is now he plays, like, tough old guy roles. Yeah. He's, like, now somehow re- from this sort of weird, wiry criminal type <laughs> to the sniveling weasel in the mm. 80s, he is now, like, a tough old guy. And you buy it because he looks like a tough old guy now. Which is really bizarre to think about because even, even if you just think of Walter Peck, yeah. you don't go, tough old guy. Yeah. Um, actually, that was my first reaction when I watched Sugarland Express for yeah. the first time, is watching it. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm aware of the Goldie Hawn's in the movie. Yeah. Um, but even as a kid, when I, when I was younger, I saw, I'm like, ooh, she's really young here. Yeah. And then I'm looking at her husband, yeah. and I'm like, he looks really familiar. Yeah, because you can only really see it, like, at certain angles. Yeah. It'll, it'll come through, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> it, it hit me, like, in, I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. It hit mm-hmm. me in the bathroom scene, and that's my shirt. Sure. It's Walter Beck! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got a dick. Holy crap, he does have a dick. <laughs> yeah. He's using it in this movie. Yeah, clearly. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, all right. So yeah, that, that's, you know. Yeah. The three phases of William Atherton. <laughs> yes. That'll be our next podcast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. It, it won't come up again in this one. So no, I'll, no, no. We'll have to. When we do. Bend we'll, you on Atherton. <laughs> bend you on Atherton. <laughs> that's the logical next step, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like very prominent filmmaker to good character. I mean, he's good. He's, he's good. great in Ghostbusters. Good in Die Hard. It's true. He's good as Anders' dad on Workaholics. Yeah. Oh God, it's right. Thor was his character's name. It's a. I. Oh, it's so good. He was Anders' dad. Um. Anyway, so mm. we dive into this story, right? Which takes place in Texas, 
1969, mm. according to the... Uh, I guess that's when they say the... The actual events. Because this yeah. is based on a true story. Yes. Um, inspired by an actual couple on the run yeah. scenario in Texas. So yes. I'm actually not clear if the movie's 69, but let's just assume... But yeah, the thing, the thing says based on real events that happened in that's Texas right. in 69. True. Who can say whether the movie is supposed to take place at the yeah. same time? Ir- irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We shouldn't have spent this much time on it, really. <laughs> Uh, but it starts with a, with a shot of a freeway, which is a little bit of connective tissue to the last film, which was Duel. Which has, we'll get to those later, but I do feel like there's a lot of connective tissue between this and Duel. Yeah, I would agree. I yeah. mean, they're both, you're both in a car a lot of the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was his, he couldn't get off that. Do you think, <laughs> do you think there was anyone in Hollywood at the time was like, it's, we can't get some. Spielberg with a shark? That's, that's like the opposite <laughs> that, of a that car. That kid we only knows hillbillies and cars. Yeah. There's no wheels on a shark. Yeah, there's no wheels on the shark. Are there cars in the movie Are as there well? wheels on a boat? I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, there is a, we get that shot of a we are we're introduced to Goldie Hawn pretty quickly. Yeah. Um and John's music as well. Yes. And it's I really love that first bit of music. It's great. Yeah. He I mean it's John Williams. Come it's on. Already, look at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um it, it, start, it starts with a shot of the freeway signs, which is kind of interesting and in they're very confusing freeway signs. <laughs> Just kinda of adds it's this weird little detail where it's it's like five different detours pointing in different directions. Right. Which could be symbolic, symbolic if you really want to think about it. Yeah, you know, because this is the the movie gets into sort of where's it going. Yeah, to a similar degree. Another, I should say you had seen this film before. Here's some truth, though. Okay, uh, I did. Yeah, but I saw it when I was uh, a young pup, mm. 15 years old. Mm. I saw it on HBO. Okay, and. I realized when I realized it was on HBO, I'm like, oh my god, it's Sugarland Express. I've yeah. never seen this. Yeah. And I had the attention span of a 15-year-old. As most 15-year-olds do. And I wasn't aware of what kind of movie it was. Mm-hmm. So I remember watching it, and I did finish it, mm-hmm. but it didn't stick on me. Okay. You know, and I, I was a growing film connoisseur, but 70s aesthetic is still kind of a hard nut to crack. 70s even. timing is hard for a 15-year-old as well. Yeah, it, it's hard. You know, Eventually, you grow into loving it and understanding it yeah. and appreciating But when I was 15, I was like, okay. <laughs> but the shark one's after this, so hey, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, it didn't... Actually, when I watched it uh, recently for this episode, yeah, I'm not going to lie, it's technically the first time ever. I really actually... You really consider this it. the first time you ever watched it? I really it. do, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I had I had zero knowledge of this movie going I didn't even know that it was Goldie Hawn until the movie started. <laughs> I, I, I had a cover, which I didn't quite recognize as Goldie Hawn yeah. in my brain. That was all I had. So for me, it was definitely like I didn't know where this was going. Well, it's funny it started. when you brought it up like because I you know you said like oh all I know about Trigger Lance Press is there's a there's a pretty blonde in the cover and I'm like oh you didn't know it's cool okay I'm gonna leave yeah, it alone yeah, until you watch you, it yeah. <laughs> you caught that <laughs> I, I knew there was a pretty blonde on the cover mm-hmm. and I thought maybe it's about a train that was <laughs> that was all the knowledge I had and it turned out it was not about a train not about a train no or a traditional train at least <laughs> yeah to a certain degree yeah. yeah okay so she's on the the road yeah. uh, <laughs> excuse me I'm sorry about that she gets off a bus, off a bus she's right. walking mm-hmm. the suitcase and, and like a a big like ugly like sweater on yeah she's got she's wearing layers <laughs> yeah it's clear mm-hmm. um she gets to a pre-release correctional facility mm-hmm. uh she's got a nice little uh interaction with the uh the guard here mm-hmm. which i wrote down because i like this phrasing he uh when, when she's going in she says that or he says that she has permitted a display of familial affection including bodily contact 
<laughs> as long as it doesn't outrage the public decency. Now, that is some great oh. 70s official prison guard talk <laughs> right there. You're allowed to have relations, but, yeah. you know, don't go crazy. <laughs> yeah, don't outrage the public decency. That's such a great turn of phrase. I love that bit, too. I thought it was great. Um, she says, okay. And this is where we introduced this thing that I did not understand at all sure. because I was not around in the 70s. <laughs> you were not either, but I don't know. Maybe you know a little better. Mm-hmm. What the hell are Texas gold stamps? <laughs> oh man i was so worried you're gonna ask me about that because i had no idea <laughs> i tried to look it up and it, it's it's it seemed they're like loyalty cards for certain restaurants i don't know so I, there's, yeah. maybe there's some old people listening to this podcast who are furious I, i'm sitting there young bucks we will probably no longer bring them up at this point for, but they come on. up a lot but in the movie come a lot in the movie and yeah i was watching there was yeah, I was watching it every time a gold stamp was mentioned. Or gold stamp, up. that's what it was. That's a gold card. Yeah, gold stamp. Every time they're mentioned, I'm just sitting there going like, oh no, this is a very 70s thing and I don't know what it yeah, is. no idea. And yeah, like I did the research too and basically like you did. Like, I, I'm still not... I training, guess it's a time and a place. I put it into Wikipedia. Uh-huh. So, full of, so Tom's going to get on our dicks about sources again because <laughs> I'm on Wikipedia right now. <laughs> but Wikipedia redames, redirects to the trading stamp page. It says trading stamps are small paper coupons given to customers by merchants in loyalty marketing programs that predate the modern loyalty card. Okay. I, I, that, I mean, I know what a loyalty card is. That sparked something, but it's, it's not, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm not quite there to understanding. Um, well, okay, it's a basic idea. All right, fine. So well, let's just get this out of the way. So sure. she, she's way into these, these gold stamps. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, when all the fans are swarming around the car, she throws them out to the fans. And it's right. like a moment. Um, so that's what goes on there. We don't know what the hell these cards are. <laughs> But uh, they mean something. In the uh, and yeah, her character's name is Lou, uh, Lou Jean. Yeah. So let's. Lou Jean, yeah. Lou Jean, Jean loves Lou Jean, trading uh, stamps. Poplin, yes. Poplin. Yeah. It's a great last name. Not yeah. a real, not the real person's last name I found out. It's a very movie. It's a very cool movie yeah. last name. It's a, it's a character. The real last name was Dent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're doing Hitchhiker's Guide. You don't want, you don't want a Dent in charge. Exactly. Um, I'm going to take a drink of water. You talk. Okay. Uh, nor you want a Dent to be like a DA of your city because eventually they kind of go a yeah. weirdy well um, you know, half the time they go weird half the time depending on the <laughs> on the flip now um it's a batman joke sorry talk about <clears throat> harvey dent guys um i don't right. about you i believe in him <laughs> i do um, as well <laughs> anyway. she goes to meet peck walter hmm. peck and his character <laughs> whose name is clovis it's clovis yeah um, Clovis, played by Walter Peck. <laughs> this Will, is, Will this is needlessly insulting. We both know his name is William Atherton. We just said it earlier. <laughs> yeah. He's actually quite good in the film. <laughs> you know, he is. <laughs> it's a little... I apologize. You know who he reminds me of, just, just in terms of looks, not in terms of acting? Mm-hmm. Is It's either Jai Courtney or the other one who was in Jack Reacher, <laughs> who I can never tell apart. Wait, Jai Courtney is in, ja- in Jack Reacher. Yeah, but there's so, another one. There's another gentleman in Jack Reacher that... Well, here's the thing, and if you, this is this is this is a spinoff segment called called Benview One Reacher. <laughs> if you recall the plot of Jack Reacher, Jack Reacher is a man is falsely accused. So Jai mm. Courtney, I think, is the guy who's falsely accused. No, no, he's and, the and there's the real he's the henchman. Okay, so then the guy who was falsely accused is I think who he I'm looks thinking. like. He he resembles the one who was who yeah, was yeah. on uh, Archie Holler. Okay, uh, okay, guy. yeah, yeah. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. I can see that. That was a long walk for nothing at all. <laughs> I apologize. We're getting too comfortable, I feel, oh, for a second man, episode. man, we gotta just... Okay, so there's a... Okay, they're meeting, they're talking. Okay, this is also when the Lou Jean, you know, basically, you know, the, he's excited. He's happy to see her. Yeah. He's, you know, he's just like, glad to see his wife. She there. just got out of women's prison, we learned. Right. Yeah. Um, and also keep in mind, this is a low security. Yeah, because it's pre-release. Like, he's, pre-release, he's yeah. about to... He's released soon. So that's why... 
what happens that what eventually is going to happen to him is is ludicrous yes because everyone's like going this is a yeah why would anyone try to escape from here <laughs> but anyway he he's excited to see her he's just happy to see his wife yeah. and she kind of drops like two big bombs she on says her. hey i'm leaving you right because they took our kid boom yeah and that's the that's where the plot starts coming yes in. and what's kind of interesting about that is like he's sitting there going like i'm still wait like he's wrapping his head around the first thing you're leaving me yeah. second our kid's gone, and yeah. so now he's trying to catch up to her. And that kind of also starts pushing the idea. And you can start telling, like, she's up to something. Yeah. yeah. She, she's bamboozling him. Yeah. She's a real Lady Macbeth type, this lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she says, you know, I'm leaving you, but if you can help me get the kid back, maybe I won't leave you. Right. And she pitches him his plan, her plan. She says she uh, got $65, which she used to buy bus tickets to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. where they will go and become white-collar criminals. <laughs> it's a great plan. <laughs> and here's a th- it's such a sketchy plan, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, just, it's, it's, like, it's, a long, it's like a dot, and then dot, 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 and then we get the baby, yeah. and then dot, yeah. dot, 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 end game. Kidnap you know. kid, yeah. <laughs> go to California. Profit. White. Yeah, exactly. That's basically what it is. So he's like, you know, I don't know about this. This, right. is, this is risky. He's also going like, what do you want me to do? I'm still here for another couple of months. Yeah. And she's threatening to leave him unless yeah. he gets out now. And uh, this pushes into the to the bathroom scene. Yeah. Well, she gets in the bathroom. She's yeah. like, hey, let's, let's have some sex in the bathroom. Right. Uh, at this point, it is revealed. She takes off her clothes and reveals that he's got she's got his clothes on underneath, so that he'll have an outfit so that he's not wearing prison clothes. Right. And that's that's their whole escape plan. Yeah. That's her entire plan. <laughs> um, is I brought you these clothes? Yeah, because <laughs> they don't even have a set ride on the way out. They kind of improvise a ride, <laughs> yeah. so they don't even have that. No, 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 exactly. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, so they get out. Uh, she, there's a guy who catch like one of the fellow prisoners catches. Who, yeah, who is uh, Clovis's friend. Yeah, one of Clovis's friends. And he's like, "Hey, idiot! <laughs> yeah. This is a bad idea. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm gonna stitch you out for your own good." Yeah, uh, and then that's when Goldie Hawn comes in with a kiss. With a kiss. Yeah, because that guy probably haven't kissed anybody, you know. and I say anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so he was so distracted by that kiss that uh, he just let his friend go to his certain doom. Yeah, and. Outside there, they meet up with a kindly old couple. Yeah. Uh, Who are really, they're a great old couple. They are. This is an A-plus old couple. They do that great thing that old couples do where they call each other mother and father. (laughs) Which is like, it's it's not creepy when it's an old couple. No, no, no. When it's John Lennon talking to... To Yoko Ono, it's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. But when, when two old people do it, it's charming and adorable. No, and, and they, they just bicker enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's just enough of that. <laughs> He's just, like, stubborn enough that it's charming. Um, um, and they sneak their way into the in the car. Yeah. And they, that's... <laughs> well, they say that they're friends with uh, Hubble or whatever his right, name Right, right, who I think is the, the gentleman who uh, yeah. she gets with. So, I mean, he is, the, the Clovis is genuinely friends with them. Right. But they're, they're, they're not... I mean, they're escaped convicts, which, exactly. is the, which is the problem. And that is the, That's the rub. That is the elaborate and uh, elaborate, crazy <laughs> escape from the yeah. from the prison. Yeah, in this movie, <laughs> they smuggle in clothes, and they say, "Hey, can we get a ride?" Right, um, and it works. And it works because it's a low, <laughs> it's a low grade. Yeah, it's a, no it's, one can imagine why. Why would you break escape? Out. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so they're in the car with with Ma and Pa. Mm-hmm. They're going 20 miles an hour on the freeway. <laughs> Cars smoking. <laughs> Pa's asking all these questions about uh, their history. Um, it is definitely, if there's anything indicating about this entire sequence, is like the film's tone is pretty clear. Yeah. Um, 
it's funny because I, you know, like in my on my DVD box, it says like, oh, this, you know, this famous neo noir movie from the 1970s. And yeah, I wouldn't call this a neo noir at all. I'm like, I'm like, well, do you know what's the definition neo noir? <laughs> yeah, because I saw that too. Like, I think it says that on IMDb. Like, it says that on on most every synopsis you see of the movie describes it as a neo noir. Yeah, and I wouldn't call it that at all. I wouldn't call it that at all. I mean, the there's an element, one element. I'll bring it up later. So yeah. hopefully, remind me on that. But I feel like right. there's only one element that makes it noir. Yeah, but it's such a vague. Yeah, definition of the use of noir. I mean, might, it's dark. Like, it's dark. I guess. Um, and you, yeah, I'll say it. Actually, I'll say it now. Like you, you know, you've called Goldie Hawn's character Luann the Macbeth of the story. Yeah, and to a certain degree, a lot of famous noir stories as a femme fatale. Yeah, but it's, it's a femme fatale normally isn't as outwardly dumb as yeah. Goldie Hawn is in this movie. No, exactly. Which I think is kind of the problem in classifying it as yeah. such. But it's, I mean, I guess it's hard, right? Because what we assume noir, noir is not this movie. Yeah. You know? But I mean, I guess if you analyze it and really look at it, it's like, yes, there's a a man does a dumb decision based on a woman. Yeah. And that's a lot of famous... That's a bare bones minimum of noir. Yeah. That's what Frank Miller apparently thinks noir is. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't... It's weird. Yeah, I wouldn't call it noir. I would definitely call it... Uh, interesting like it's definitely more comedic than what neo-noir implies yeah yeah specifically with this delightful old couple yeah <laughs> the and then soon after on the heels of the delightful old couple we get the delightful criminal uh do we find out what the the cop so the cop is transporting some yo i car. love oh my god this right. guy's great this, oh my god actually this is hell yeah these these yeah. These side characters in this movie yeah. is are quite enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I never had a drink in my life. You trying to defame me, officer? That yeah. guy's great. Yeah, there's a criminal. Yeah, the, the, we we are introduced to a state trooper. His name's Slade. Yeah, and he has a another uh, criminal in the back. Yeah, where he's just arrested, and this is hilariously drunk old man. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> maintaining his innocence to the very key. <laughs> Tries to light a cigarette. Slade just throws it out the window. Just indignant and, and, and drunk and hilarious. This guy's great. Yeah. This is the star performer of the film. <laughs> so, uh, A-level, A-plus level on the old characters in this movie so yeah. far. And the, old, the oldies are really bringing it. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so like I said, they're, they're driving 20 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Slade catches wind on that, and yeah. he has to pull him over because... You're driving slow. Yeah. And that's still illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives them a written warning. Yeah. But uh, he's, he he wants to check out the safety sticker, mm-hmm. which is on the inside of the windshield, as Pa tells us. Right. Uh, at which point, Goldie Hand, Goldie Hand, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she panics, she jumps in the front, and she, she takes yeah. off. And she understandably panics, right? Because all yeah. they're seeing is a cop. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, and this kind of, Goldie Hand's character makes a lot of bad decisions in this yeah. film. Um, and this is definitely the biggest. Like, what's if you think? Well, this is the one that has the most point of no return. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you, he could have brought her. He, she could have. You know, Clovis could have said, "No, screw this. I'm going right back." Yeah. Um, but no, this is the literally that you can't go back yeah. after what happens in this moment. And so yeah, she's driving the car. Yeah. Uh, so a chase ensues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta say, I, I was not that into this chase. It's okay. I think there were a lot better chases in Duel. Yeah. Uh, this one, as soon as there's the moment where the train goes by, mm. and at that point, I had a really hard time following what was going on. Yeah. No, it's funny, right? Because after Duel, like he, we talked about when we talked about <laughs> Duel, we mentioned that how like individually the sequences themselves are pretty well done. Yeah. There's just too many of them. There's just too many of them. Man. But you'd think that would at least be a lot of practice, and and he would avoid something like this happen. Did you like this chasing? It was okay. Um, not one of my. It's not one I would. I'm gonna rewind my brain yeah. again but it, it does its job um if anything i oh the the one more joke that 
that pinned it for me uh, is as soon as the car leaves and Slade gets in his car and drives off, the old couple are stuck inside. Yeah. And I think the mo- the wife goes, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this case seems okay. Yeah. Do we I, ever rep? Because I know another cop sees them on the road and says, are yeah. you these people? Is this your car? They say, yeah. And then he ditches them. And that's the last we see of that's them, That's the last right? scene of them. It is great though when the car when the cop drives up to them and you see they're still bickering. Yep, it's like oh, what did I tell you? I mean, this is what happens. <laughs> my and you're feet are tired. My you feet can sit down, <laughs> sit on one, the grass. <laughs> um, no, that's the last. That's the last. That's the exit. The 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 old couple. Yeah. Um, yeah, the car chase does its job. It's fine. It, I would it, argue that it doesn't because as as soon as mm. that train passes, you're just getting shots of each individual car, right? And it's not clear at all how close they are in relation to each other or anything like that. Uh, that's fair. I mean, if you're saying it's is it isn't a well staged car chase, it's not. Yeah. You know, I if, if for plot conveniences, it, that's why I mean it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. It's like okay, it, I can it, see that. Yeah. It gets to the end. I mean, um, but we do in the end is 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 uh, they crash out in the woods. Crash out in the woods. Uh, Clovis is sitting bummed on the side because <laughs> at this point he knows he's on a path that won't end well, right? And he can't do anything about it, right? Because uh, he's too attached to his wife. Luann is uh is you know is, is looks appears to be sort of like pretty much you know dazed into the front seat. Yeah. Um, Slade goes and grabs grabs her and he's trying his best to be professional about it. And yeah. it's like you're all right, man. Blah, yeah. blah blah. If it hurts, I'll stop. Yeah, exactly. He he pulls her out of the car and Luann takes a moment to use it to grab his gun mm-hmm. and throw it to Clovis. Yes. And now we're really yeah. That's, <laughs> we're especially at the point of no return. So that's, I think this at this point we will no longer say that phrase. Yeah, and it's done. Well, the first one was it would have been pr- very bad for them if they tried to turn back. Right. But at this point, it's it's you know it's the end of their lives. At this right. point, if they try, I mean, their end of their lives not in prison. Exactly. Um, and that's when Clovis points the gun at. Although Slade. apparently not, as we know in the end, apparently not for Luann. No, apparently. <laughs> which we're gonna talk about that ending. I mean, it happened in real life, so I guess I can't say it's not believable. But, but it's very. Huh. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Uh, and yeah, you were talking about it. There's a moment where, like, you know, Slade's, uh, Clovis is pointing the gun at Slade, and, yeah. he's, and Slade pretty much more or less says, okay, here's here's the here's your view. Yeah, he gives here's, a rundown of all the crimes he's committed so far. So far. If you do, yeah, like, you, you, yeah. you've you you done this, you, you, you've you did a head and run. Yeah, reckless you, endangerment. endangerment. You've taken a officer's weapon. Yeah. And Burning you, an officer. Yeah. So if you but now if you, yeah. put me in the car with you, now that's kidnapping that's kidnapping yeah he's literally look what you're doing yeah (laughs) and then uh clovis does he fire a shot at the ground a little bit yeah he fires a shot a a little bit i'm sorry yeah but it's weird because you hear the gun it's you don't really see him you just kind of hear the gunshot and it's weird for a second it seems like maybe you shot him in the leg or something but he did Mm. not um but he hits him in the car that's the point so what do you think What's your thoughts on Luann's stock process throughout this entire uh, Lujine's stock process throughout this whole ordeal? I don't. Like, I don't think she's doing a whole lot of thinking other than I'm going to do anything to get my kid back. Right. And even if uh, I'm not going to give even a one second of thought of what happens, you know, ten minutes after I get my kid back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. It's for Lu for Lu Lu Jean. It's a end goal. Yeah. And nothing's going to get away in her end goal. And with Clovis is. I love my wife. I love my kid. Yeah. So I'm going to do this it. This is nuts, but what choice do I have? Right. And there are there's some great moments in the movie where she's like, we're going to do this. And you, Clovis just has this look of doubt in his side where it's like, oh, he knows. <laughs> he just, he's stuck. Right. Because um, he loves her that much. Yeah. There's a great one of those in the RV, but we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. So, okay. Now, now they're stealing a, a cop car. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is where it's interesting. This is where the movie's tone is, is really unique to me, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of a crime a crime film of any kind. Yeah. Um, is that 
it's funny when you watch the trailer. It the trailer to the the first trailer for the night for the movie is it's coming off as really a little a little edgier. Yeah, a little more kind of an actiony thriller crime thing people yeah. expect. The film's tone is is a little more lighter. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. Like every it's all this it's just it's just all this stuff builds up builds up towards. Uh, the next sequence when it's not like it's a uh, it's getting to the point where it feels like it gets become like a, like a scorsese film or something like that yeah it, it's kind of doing its own thing and yeah. i'm kind of intrigued by that you know yeah it, it's almost like fargo like a, like a pre-fargo yeah in that way. it's we're having fun with these characters but people are gonna die at the end no actually no it's funny like uh, you can i don't know if the coens have ever the coen bros ever admitted to being spielberg fans i'm assuming yeah. probably yeah um but there is an element of like i do feel like yeah there's a little like small country, like crime that uh, that's very Fargo-y. Yeah, and I could see the old drunk in the car being like a Cohen character. Yeah. Like he's kind of got that. Well, the old too. people too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old, the other, the other, the old couple that we like so much. They, there's a lot of lot of Coheny brother characters in here that look like would have been fine out of like Oh Brother or Art Thou or, yeah. or Fargo. Yeah, yeah, very fitting. Um, so they. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry about that. Okay. Uh, so they kill the cop. Search is on. Cops are looking for him. Um, the what did I write down here? <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, they're they're hearing the radio, and here's again where we see a lot of bad decisions on both their parts. They're hearing <laughs> the police talk on the radio, and rather than think, oh, this is like a great way to know what the cops know about us, uh, instead Clovis says, get shut that damn radio off. <laughs> and he tries to smash it, and uh, Slade says, uh, "If you smash it, they'll dock my pay." <laughs> is that true? Do you think? I don't. I really. Or is clearly, that just a line to get him to not smash the radio? I think Slade is, Slade's clearly smarter than that. Well, he's the, he's absolutely maybe the smartest person in the movie. I would say maybe the ca- I mean the captain or Slade. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, that's agreed. That's yeah. totally agreed. That's I totally agree with that. Um, and so no, I he, I think Slade knows that like if he complains about his job. He'll, he'll be able to relate to them. He'll be able to relate to them, yeah. and they'll be like... They can see that. They can see that, and especially with Clovis. Clovis, you can... It's it's interesting with Clovis. Clovis is a generally likable guy. You can see that. Yeah. You can see how he talks to Slade and even how he talks to his wife, but it's like... I will, I will admit, though, mm-hmm. I had a problem kind of really getting behind Clovis as a character mm-hmm. just because a lot of his decisions are very dumb. I mean, Which he's, is not he, lying. Yeah, he's not as dumb <laughs> as Goldie Hawn, right. but he is still pretty dumb. And then I will say, I, I would. I mean, overall, I liked this movie. Mm. I don't think I liked it as much as Duel, quite. Sure. I think this is going to be a lesser Spielberg experience for me. Sure. And I think part of the problem is I don't. There's no really one character to root for here. Well, that's interesting. Um, to me, I, the, the captain was the most sympathetic character, and mm. he's very much a side character. Uh, yeah, the the main kind of like the yeah the police captain because he's because yeah. he's the one who like calls out the snipers later mm-hmm. on. He's he's the most reasonable and intelligent one. Yeah, and he's played by I think his name is uh, Benjamin Johnson. Let me yes, ben, ben Johnson. Johnson. That's correct. And I actually quite liked his character a bit. Yeah, the idea is that for him is that he's not had for a while. Like everyone's saying, shoot him down, shoot him down, yeah. and he's the one going. I've been doing this for as long as I have, and I've not had the need to kill anybody. And I don't and, want to start now. And I like that a lot. I yeah. think it's kind of cool. Like, yeah, no, that, was, that was a really great moment. Yeah. He's like, I'm letting this play out. I'm letting yeah. this play out. I'm letting them... Because he, he knows they're kids. He even said, they're just kids. Yeah. So they're freaking out now. They're going to eventually calm down, and 
when that moment comes, we'll get him again. But like, yeah, and it's nice kind of, uh, I, I don't know if this would, this would be the norm at the time, but mm-hmm. you're so used to in crime movies, you have like, uh, or even like action movies like Die Hard is a good example, yeah. where you have like, there's the one cop who would, this would be Slade, who's kind of on the inside and knows the situation, knows what to do. And then there's, you know, the big brass, obnoxious captain who's like, we're going to do it my way. We're right. going to come in and shoot him. That's that's usually what you see, but in this they kind of flip that in this movie. No, agreed, and um, it makes it interesting because yeah, you you're seeing Ben Johnson's character just waiting for the right moment and trying to calculate it as best as he could. He's he's been here for a while. He's been doing this forever. Yeah, and that's why you start trusting him a lot. And so when you know that eventually that he's got a couple of choices he has to make, that he knows like I have no choice. I have to do this because it's my job. Yeah, that's what I do as a cop. Um, that's what I kind of like about his introduction, his scene when he first meets them. They're already driving. Now yeah, it works. He pulls out. up next to them. He pulls yeah. up. And it's a really cool shot of, yeah, of the camera following around him um, in the car, staying in car. So we're seeing their perspective pretty yeah. much as Ben's talking to them on the on the on the radio. Um Yeah, I, I mean since you're yeah, since you're already said, like I my overall feelings, I'm I will keep talking, but I, I I enjoyed it, but it's not as gripping as Duel. And I, yeah. I think that's and that's fine. I didn't need to be, yeah. Because Duel was a thrill ride, yeah. And exactly. uh, and this is a this was a crime story. I yeah. Say, I wouldn't say neum noir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I would say it's a, it's a it's a low key crime story, and but I think a a very interesting one. Yeah. And there's a lot of really really good stuff in this movie, and um, and that's the hero. So and so uh, before we, yeah, I'm going on a tangent, but <laughs> there's there's things enjoying it, but I do feel like there's. I think what was it? You're saying that kind of a hard time connecting with anybody. Yeah, and I think there's a there's a good point to that. Um, I was reading this article from a Reverse Shot mm. is a web is the website. Okay, and um, to point out the source here, yeah. uh, the writer's <laughs> name uh, Michael Koreski. Okay, and he's written for um, Film Comment. So bunch of respectable websites yeah. unlike what was the it site moviefanfare.com thank you <laughs> what, if movie, what if they're like great guys over at i'm feeling really bad i really should moviefanfare.com i'm sorry guys i you know what look... you gave us information that we used you know, on the show that's true you only helped us yeah and we turn around and we shit in your mouth You're, this is you know what i apologize <laughs> i will go on your site tonight if i can remember the i will remember the url and moviefanfare.com. i will moviefanfare.com and i will be very yeah, <laughs> you know, just supportive. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, Michael Kurosky, uh of Reverse Shot, he wrote a, he did a pretty good piece on Sugarland Express. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the things he brought up was the fact that, that the, the the point of view is a bit disjointed. Yeah, and because to Spielberg's mind, mm-hmm. uh, when he made it when he was twenty six, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was 26. Oh, heaven help me. Keep going. <laughs> okay. He was 26 when he made it. And um, his interpretation was that he assumed that the villain of the piece, this is probably why the noir thing comes up, yeah. is is, Lu, is Lugene. Yeah. And that's why he says that, that was his intent. Yeah. And if that was his intent, it didn't work. Yeah. Because I don't see it. Uh, you in, don't see it. And also, you can't have, again, it was based on a true story. You can't have a... a movie where the villain gets the kid at the end yeah <laughs> <laughs> um Luigi, by all accounts succeeds in her mission she does if but, at a cost but here's the thing even though she does all these selfish choices and she does all these really bad decisions i can't call her the villain because yeah. i feel like they're coming from a place of understanding yeah like it's not smart yeah and she's not smart on doing the thing she does but i can't hate her yeah she's treated with sympathy she's treated with sympathy and she treats even slade with sympathy yeah and 
and her husband to a degree. She loves her husband and she's only pushing him because she's what she wants, mm -hmm. but she's not calling him an idiot or useless or anything like that. It's, it's, I think she's misguided in her choice. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, like I wouldn't call her the villain. And it's interesting to think that if Spielberg thought she was the villain, yeah, then maybe that's the issue why it's, that's why it doesn't really have a strong point of view. Yeah. I, he even said, apparently in, in the article, in this Kovis article, apparently in that same interview, he brought up that, uh, six months after he made uh, Sugarland, he even assumed that he, he might have made this, he might have switched to POV to Slade. Yeah, halfway through. Halfway through. Oh, wait, did I say that wrong? Maybe I was... Oh, Is it Slade or Slide, by the way? Because I uh, thought it was Slade, but I'm looking at the, the IMDb right here uh, now. And it's we've been a, saying it wrong the It says time. Slide on here. Mm. I remember it being Slade, for the record. <laughs> at this time, I recall uh, that his name was Slade. I'm going to say Slide. It's Slide. Okay, it's Slide. Slide. We're idiots. Apologies. How long has that episode, how long has that episode been so far? 32 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. We called him Slade for half an hour. I called him Slade for half an hour. Uh, I think I did it, too. Uh, anyway, soon after this, we're, we meet Langston for the first time, which is the kid. Mm -hmm. He's feeding a dog, which I was very uncomfortable with. <laughs> They're just letting this child feed a dog, whatever, it's in his hands. It's a very sweet dog, though. It's a sweet dog. It's an interesting, cute little moment with the kid, right? Yeah. Cause the dog stole the scene from me, though. Fair I, was, I was way more into the dog than the kid. Uh, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but I think what the importance of that scene is to showcase, like, you know, there's no mom... Because this is the foster home. Yeah. So we're not seeing the foster home part. It's almost the scene is to give you enough of the time with the kid to remind yourself this is the end goal for Eugene. Yeah. And in the which end, I would argue later they spend too much time with the kid. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they do that in this scene, and then there's just there's a few more there's like a scene where they interview the kid, which is just uh, it's a little draggy. I don't know what it's it's yeah. draggy and it, it like weirdly makes a villain out of the media. Which yeah. is then not a point ever again in the movie. It's just this weird like fuck the media, and then it just never goes back to that. It's just it's this kind of weird schizophrenic moment where it, it doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie. I I agree because it almost it wanted to do a comment on media. Yeah, and it went you don't have time for that. In yeah, this movie. but uh, you know what? What happened was William Atherton saw it. It's like hey, I could use that. Yes, and that's what happened in, some years later. And once again, we're back on <laughs> Ben Vion Atherton. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, actually, uh, let me refresh, let me correct myself. A Spielberg said he would have changed the POV to Ben Johnson. Oh, okay. Um, oh, which is what I said was the most sympathetic character. Exactly, uh, it makes sense. It's yeah. it's kind of interesting, almost like if you think about like well, country country for old men. Yeah, where, yeah. Like Tommy Lee Jones. Was yeah, exactly. More or less the POV. Um, uh, they need to get gas. The cars run out of gas. Yeah, and this is uh, again. Oh, the. Make sure you fill your cars up in a Spielberg movie. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure your car is nice working. That, it's nice that we see that. <laughs> you know, other directors are like, I've watched the movie. I don't know if this car has gas or not. Spielberg explains that every time. I mean, we don't need to spend time on this, but I just wrote down 30, 32 cents a gallon is how much gas costs uh, in this movie. <laughs> And Arco, too. Yeah. Like, Arco's already cheap as is. Yeah. Now imagine cheap Arco gas in the 70s. Um, do you think uh, Clovis is here, and he's seeing the gas gauge go down, and he's he's pointing the gun at, at Slide going, you knew. Yeah. You knew. You, this is the plan, right? Yeah. This is what you're doing. Like, do you think that was Slide's intent? Yeah, because there's that shot earlier when they're they, that's almost empty, and they read past a gas station. And, and he's Slide looking at it. say anything, yeah. Yeah. So I think it was absolutely Slide's intent. And, and he's still playing it off. I think it, Slide knows what he's doing. Yeah. Because he's playing it off like, I, what, what did you cool want me customer. to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, that's a, I mean, that's a good point. He would have been stopping at a gas station earlier anyway. Right. Um, so this scene, yeah, there's that. Uh, then we have the, we introduce these Louisiana cops who hear about the story on the radio mm -hmm. and decide to get on the action. What was going on with them? It's like, 
and this is kind of where again like disjointed right yeah and this is where the movie does is does get a little disjointed is that um the idea is that yeah the idea is that ben johnson's uh, cop character yeah. is insisting to not hurt these kids yet yeah um so it, it comes up is that all these other cop characters all these other like rec- either yep yeah, these guys the ones we just talked about yeah, and, a, and a couple other guys who show up later yeah um they're your gun-toting all-American. <laughs> like, yeah. ah, well, this, these are criminals. Yeah, we gotta get them. <laughs> we gonna get them. <laughs> Woo-wee. And um, they're, they're ready for shoot. They're ready for a shooting. Yeah. And uh, that's that's kind of what their purpose is. Yeah. Because like, the idea is, that, like, I guess, to add more stakes to them, right? So, we already had that with the other cops, and then it, it seems weird to introduce these out-of-staters, yeah. too. But we get three scenes of them, because they say that we're three hours out, and, then, and so... We get three scenes where it's just them driving, driving, and then the payoff is that they crash when they get there. Yes, yeah. It's... <laughs> there is a good moment where he's blowing bubble gum and it pops and gets on his hat. That's fun, <laughs> I guess. That's <laughs> fun, I guess. But no, you're right. It is a, uh, it's a misstep in the in the narrative. Yeah, and there's a kind of no real need for them in the movie. There's just some there's there's some wasted time here. Yeah, is is really the only problem. Mm-hmm. He got over that though. Um. Okay. So, and also yeah, but uh, also keeping in mind too, but one thing we didn't mention is like you know while we are. Like I said, there is no train like you assumed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there is a train of cop cars. That's that, true. That follows them. A little convoy. Going. A little convoy. Yeah, and they got a cop convoy. Yeah. We and got a policeman convoy. This is... Um, and it's actually kind of a striking image. Yeah. Like this huge that. line of just cop cars. And... I don't remember if it's here or if it's it's later or somewhere else. But there's a great moment when like, these two kids are standing on a fence just counting the cop cars as they drive Oh, by. yeah. A little bit later. It's a yeah. good scene, though. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Because yeah, there's like shitload of cop cars, and at first, yeah, it didn't it didn't quite hit you at first. Why aren't they just getting them? Yeah, <laughs> and, and then you know, like the chief's deal is like no. Yeah, <laughs> and I think because he has that stance of I don't want to do that. Yeah, because these are good kids, and yeah, truth be told, Lou Jean's a dumbass for yeah. doing this, but she is right when she says we didn't hurt anybody. True, yeah. you you didn't. Yeah, like your fa- your husband did go to jail, but. Sounded like for a very minor misdemeanor. Yeah, he was getting some cash boxes, as I recall. Yeah, and he was going to get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it was a yeah. You know, all these heat of the moment decisions is kind of what's screwing them over. Yeah. And but yeah, even though like you can even you know like that's almost why maybe Ben Johnson's character knew is like well yeah that they're not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. So let them just basically tire them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll you know they'll figure it out. Yeah. And then, like what else are they going to do? Um. Yeah, but then this leads nicely to a, a pretty fun moment in the food where uh, she has to pee. So oh, yeah. The, they have to bring in a porta potty. I love this. <laughs> this is a great scene. <laughs> I'll give it this one. Uh, so they a truck wheels in the porta potty. Uh, she's about to go in and close says, Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you and the cab unhook it and drive away. So it makes him drive away. Mm-hmm. And then she's about to go in again. He says, Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. I might just shoot this porta potty here. <laughs> Nothing happens. I said I might just shoot this porta potty here, see what happens, and then like a guy just sort of meekly drops he's his like, gun and walks okay, out. Okay, you don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. he's walking out. Um, uh, Jack and... Handy Can is the name of the porta potty. Jack I wrote Handy, that down. yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's a Jack Handy Can. It's a Jack Handy Can. Um, um, so that was great. The the pee moment is is that's good stuff. It's a good it's a good little moment too. It even gives Clovis a little bit of like, hey, give the guy credit. Yeah, he was he was smart on this one. <laughs> yeah. And there's the the captain of the barracks says, "Hey, we got a smart one here." Yeah. <laughs> there's a little fun there. Um, does that lead? It does. Well, then it, it leads into the interview for the, the kid, which we already talked about, and right. then they, they stop for chicken. All right, and here's something that you kind of suspect, right? In a movie like this, where you have uh, three characters in an enclosed space, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, generally decent people, yeah, 
even though they're making some terrible decisions. And in this kind of movie, eventually you are going to go, so they're going to be friends? Yeah. And I actually wasn't sure about Slide yet. I wasn't sure if Slide was going to exit the film at any point. Yeah. You know, because truth, like I said, like I don't remember the character. Yeah. Um, to his credit, though, uh, I believe his name is Michael Sachs. Yes. He's really good in the movie. He is. He's great. He's great. And I actually... There's a great moment, actually, I think it already passed, mm-hmm. where they're talking on the radio, the, uh, the not the cop radio, the, just the regular radio, the yeah. news story. They're talking about uh, the name of the officer has not been released uh, until next of kin has been notified. And he just gives this kind of look like, fuck you, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> it's, just, it's this really great moment. He just kind of it sneaks in there. It's a nice moment. Yeah, no, and that's kind of where... You... That's kind of what's kind of nice about the movies. Eventually, it, they sneak a friendship on you with the, yeah. between these three. Yeah. And it's not that obvious because Slide's deal is I'm trying to do my job. Yeah. And you assume that at some point you slide. And he is the, trying to do his job right up until the end. Right. But he, he's there's a he, he's a respect for them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's like the chicken scene is that moment of them grabbing fried chicken. Yeah. Is that moment of just. Uh, and a great, very 70s Southern looking chicken place oh, that does am- not exist today. It looks amazing. Yeah, right? it looks like, like a, a, a big figure of a chicken on the roof. <laughs> big yellow sign. Yeah. That looks good. I'm sure it's really good too. Yeah. Um, actually, it's kind of funny I, to kind of sideline. It's going to sound like a sideline, but hear me out on this. Okay. Um, my screenwriting teacher at, at, at film school, uh, Mr. Rosenberg, what? he brought up an interesting point about screenplay writing when you go, like, have your characters eat. Yeah. And he, everyone's like, wait, why? It's like, trust me. When you are eating, think about how you are when you're eating and when you're eating with another person. How do you act differently? What do you do differently? Um, there is something about a behavioral that changes when you sit down to eat, you know, to have a meal of any kind. Yeah. And I think that scene with the fried chicken is a pretty good example of that. Yeah, that's, Be- and that's, that's the secret that Brad Pitt has uncovered about acting. Exactly. Just yeah. when any moment you can, eat, eat a little snack. Always eat. <laughs> um, and that's the thing about that moment is that it helps uh, – because, yeah, guys got to eat. Yeah. All of them have to eat. And yeah. it's that moment. I like this bit where, like, Colv- you know, Clovis is like, hey, he's got a, he's got a wishbone. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, look at that. You know, like, that's, that's they're, like, they've actually got to the point of re- at least being calm around each other. Yeah. And that starts developing, like I said, the movie sneaks into friendship. Yeah. Between the three. I I was thinking about with wishbones in movies, mm-hmm. do you think they just have to shoot it until the bone breaks the right way? Or do they have breakaway bones? That'll breakaway break bones. Is that a thing? I Yeah. Do you know that for a fact? Yeah. How do you know that for a fact? Um, because I've actually talked about that with somebody. Oh, really? School. <laughs> it's like because we was like, I, we had a, there was a film that was like, probably I knew someone was going to do like a a, a a wishbone scene. Yeah. And I asked like, are we just so you, how many wishbones do you guys like? Dude, I only got the one, so we just. <laughs> oh, you just you make just, your own breakaway bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets a wish. He got a wishbone. He just got a little like little exo knife, like exacto knife, and just huh. a tiny little piece where he knew that he needed it, and then he. Take. That takes some like engineering knowledge, I feel. A little bit. Well, a lot of that is in filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so we, we've solved the wishbone dilemma. So there we go. <laughs> now you two at home, when yeah. you shoot your wishbone scene, be careful. Don't yeah. go too crazy with the cutting. <laughs> I will say there, there's another great moment in this, too, when um, they're pulling up to the window, and they have to adjust right so that she can reach into the window from the cop car. Oh, that's good. Because they're taking the chicken. <laughs> uh, that's great. And I think she also takes some Texas gold stamps from there as well. As well. No, she, she gets a crap load of, of the um, Texas gold stamps. Um, does that lead into the... Snipers. Because the snipers are going to kill him at the chicken place. That's right. Uh, and he, and uh, he's asking, how clear is the shot? How clear is the shot? Captain's asking. Mm-hmm. They say 90%. He says, no, God, we're not doing it. Yeah. And that's when he has this great line of, you know, I, it's been 16 years. I haven't killed anybody. Right. Um, so he calls that off. He tries to negotiate a little more. Um that's when the big convoy crash ha- happens. Yep. 
Uh, and then the captain calls in a helicopter just to keep an eye on things. Yeah. And that's kind of an and he, he also tells he says no more no more nobody who's uh, whose first name I don't know is his rule. Yeah. The the cops that come after that. Because yeah, they're like I said, like it becomes this thing where it's like you like some of you understand like these all these other cop characters are are kind of getting bloodthirsty. Yeah. Because this has been going on far too long than it should be, mm-hmm. and it has. It should have been done. By they're getting Nancy. They're getting Nancy, and he's sitting there going like, let it, let it, let it, let him go, let him go, let it be. They'll let him run out of speed. Yeah, and they're going to run out of speed. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, no, they're not. <laughs> the criminals are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and I should say that the the reason he calls the helicopter is because in that big car crash moment, they they got away. Yeah. So, so that's they, what the first one they actually lost track of them. Yeah. Finally, like a big, good amount of time they, they finally yeah. lost track of them. Um, uh, and so they go to a, a, a car lot. Yeah. A car... What do you call it when it's new cars? They say, dealership is dealership the one I'm for. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is wrong with me? I, I think we established, Matt, that anything concerning a vehicle, a car. <laughs> I know particular. nothing about. You know nothing about. Yeah. I don't know how they. I don't know how you buy them. I don't know how they I run. Don't know what happens? <laughs> I don't. Do, do, are they born? <laughs> yeah, cars are born, and then magic makes them go. A mama and pop right? car. Yeah. Sometimes you have to go to the gas station and fill it up with more magic. And that's how I think it works. we described the world of cars. Yeah, pretty clearly in my brain. So um, they're at this car Lot. dealership. Car dealership, yes. <laughs> um, uh, slide is tied up in the back of the cop car, and this is kind of where I feel like, yeah, like I said, like Luann, Lujine has a. You can call her Luann. Luann is more of a normal name. <laughs> we be honest here. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, Lujine is a weird name. <laughs> uh, Lujine. I like so you call her Luann every single time I hear her name. I think of Blue Jean, the David Bowie song. Wow. All right. <laughs> To each their own. <laughs> well, yeah, I got a big Bowie poster on the this wall here. This is very true. Uh, um, actually, no, actually, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Lou Jean, um, like, uh, yeah, she puts a, puts a blanket over him or jacket yeah. and to keeps keep him warm. Keeps him warm. And trying to talk to him nicely. Yeah. Uh, before that, he hears a radio broadcast. Oh, that's good too. Which yeah. is Lou Jean's father, who has been brought in to sort of talk some sense into her. Yeah. But he just gets on the radio and basically says she's a piece of shit. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, that's where you, again, that's that's the, the moment you know that slide actually is starting to like them yeah because he's like well i'm not gonna tell her that her dad thinks she's a piece of shit yeah and he even says can you turn the radio off yeah that's yeah. the hey yeah. can you turn the radio off yeah <laughs> anything happened no nope. i heard nope. nothing nothing and she's there talking you know like she you can tell she does like the guy and yeah. he's liking them yeah and because yeah and, a rapport is developing a rapport is developing because here's the thing lugene is pretty sweet Lugine. very very Lugine. <laughs> is very is a pretty typical sweet southern girl at heart yeah and and clovis is a overall despite dumb dumb decisions he's making with lugene yeah decent guy yeah you know and so it's like he's sitting there going like uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'm liking them <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um okay so then she goes into the rv which mm-hmm. is where they're staying right uh there's a bit of sexy time she takes off her shirt um and there's a bit of a moment where, you know, after sex time, like, Lou Jean opens up the window and says, hey, there's a, a free movie, technically, because yeah. they're next to the drive-in. Yeah. And like, they watch Little Roadrunner. Little Roadrunner. And they do the sound, uh, Clovis does the sound effects, which is nice. It's a very charming moment. It's a good, and I like how it was cut. Yeah. I like how it was just kind of intercuts back between the animated sequence and uh, and, and them. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I was reading another write-up, and I believe, it might even be Sugarland Express uh, from uh, AV Club. Okay. By Kyle Ryan. He brought. I think he was the one who brought the fact of that. Um, Clovis might even look at and start relating to Wiley Coyote. Yeah, that's de- I think that's definitely implied in, in this uh, scenario here. Yeah, which is you know 
he's got he's technically they're more in the roadrunner position. They're they're the the pursued, not the pursuees. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're definitely acting more like Wiley Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> and and to him, he's seeing like all these things, all these plans, all the stuff that Wiley Coyote keeps doing, and he's looking and he's watching the sequence going. Yeah, she keeps falling off cliffs. Yeah, he's, he, he keeps fucking up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really great moment. Yeah. Um, and this is also this has that moment I talked about earlier where she's like, you know, all we need is a kid is Langston here and we'll be happy. And Clovis just has this look in his eye like, oh, this bitch is dumb. <laughs> she's he, so dumb because he brought up the fact, <laughs> hey. What if we don't? Yeah, because he knows this ain't gonna work out. <laughs> like, what if we don't? Yeah, what happens then? <laughs> yeah, and she's just going, no, no, that's ridiculous. Of yeah. course it's gonna work. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's just like, eh, I love my wife. <laughs> um. So the next scene, we see a couple of we see a garage door open up. Yes, a couple of uh hunter looking gentlemen. Yeah, like got, a little boy. They've got uh, uh some bumper stickers that support gun rights and independent police forces <laughs> <laughs> and so when you see that sticker you you immediately my reaction is here we go yeah <laughs> uh, uh, uh the little boy spots uh uh lou jean mm-hmm. walking through the dealership with a with her gold stamps and her money for and, her and, gun i mean to say and what she's doing is that you know basically right now slides now helping them and this is how much slide is actually their rapport is really high now yeah. slides helping them hot wire the rv yeah and actually I should, before <laughs> there's another moment where uh slide uh he said he says you know, hey, oh, just yeah. what if? Yeah, that's a good scene. You it's were like, giving yourself up right now. Yeah, and that's a really great moment. And then when it becomes clear that Clovis is not going to do that, he's like, "Well, okay, I, I, I mean, I don't support this, but I'll, I will help you." It is a phenomenal moment. Yeah, yeah you know, it is Slide basically begging him one more. Now you know, now yeah. they're friends. So yeah. Slide's going, "Come please on, dude, walk dude, away, dude. Please, it's not going to work. Yeah. Please walk away. Just hey." And Clovis, here's the thing, right? Clovis, now we know. This is now we yeah. can confirm what we have said about the whole time about yeah. Clovis. Clovis is like, "I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably right. I just can't do that. I just can't do it because I love her and I love my kid too much. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it." So then slides is all right. I'll hot water the thing. Uh, but the battery's dead because they, they've been running lights and stuff all night. Yep, yep. Uh, again, they're dumb. <laughs> uh, and so so that they, they get out of the RV, and that's when they're being shot at by these, uh, is it fair to say rednecks? Yes. Is it fair to call them that? Yes, I think the, ne- the next could have been any redder. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so they're, I mean, the rednecks are just losing their mind, destroying this car dealership. Yeah, no. They are shooting to kill. They're shooting to kill Slide. Yeah, but they are not. They're yeah. just firing indiscriminately everywhere at the cars. It is. It's looking like first blood before first blood existed. <laughs> yeah. and like, uh, and then of course the cops catch wind of this because how could they not? <laughs> and then Slide decides to take this last one to just get the hell out. Yeah, like he's getting. He's trying to go. And then this is when when Clovis is like, "Whoa, where are you going?" Yeah. <laughs> and so now there's a mini chase between Slide and Clovis yeah. while they're dodging bullets. Yeah. And Lou Jean is deciding to go buck wild with the shotgun herself because she's got to protect him. Yeah. And these guys are having way too much fun yeah. shooting yeah. at. <laughs> they're really enjoying themselves. Way too much. And yeah, and there's the thing. Like, and Clovis again, not thinking correctly, he's shooting at Slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stop, bang! And I'm like. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if you hit him? <laughs> yeah, uh, but then the cops show up. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, the captain yells at the rednecks, <laughs> little grabs his gun and like throws it in a dumpster. Or oh, something. I was like just tosses it away. Yeah, I love that. He took that and he even like banged it on their car. More. Yeah, and yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, he, he bangs the shit out of their car and then just throws their gun away. Just gives them a total dressing down in front of his kid. Or no, his kid ran away. His kid ran away, and so he's like. You guys get... I don't want to see you guys ever yeah. again in my lifetime. Yeah. 
because he's right. You know, they, they fucked it up. Yeah. Like, you know, big time. <laughs> big time. Um, and now they're on the run yet again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so now, in, a, in, a, in a fancy new car, they're not, they've ditched the cop car. Yeah. They, no. They're still in the cop car? They're in the cop car. No, because they got the, the sign on the thing that says new car on it. But they put that on top of it to hide that it's a cop car. Oh, that's what they did? Yeah. Because it's still the radio. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Um, Oops, I apologize. Fair enough. It's okay. All good. Uh, so now they're on the on yeah. the slow road again. They're having a sing song. They're having a sing song. Um, Which is again, you really see the camaraderie. They're all singing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- and then this around here is where they first encounter their fans. And this is interesting. I don't know if it really works for me. The yeah. fandom element. It's a weird development. It's a weird development. To, uh, let me see if I can find out. You talk. I'm gonna find out that it happened in real life. Um, because yeah, it is a thing. Because a. I mean, I get it. Media, even in, no matter what, people are gonna, you know, find criminal type celebrities in some fashion, especially in the seventies. Yeah. Um. And so, I was a little surprised to start seeing that element start showing up mm-hmm. in that sequence where they're driving in the town and there's like a ticker tape parade. And even before that, actually, no, there was that other scene with the, I think like the a bunch of school kids and the and I'm assuming like a woman at a, at the works at a. Uh, general store yeah and like she is in like lipstick and stuff yeah like stuff they may you know like you know like she's asked stuff yeah because a little kid takes like a pole right over and Eugene realized like i look terrible yeah it's just like i need hairspray i need lipstick right well it's the thing too it's like this is rollers the idea that she's you know basically the woman who gives her all the stuff she's like you know like you deserve that you go get that baby of yours yeah it because it's for i guess in this degree like that's the answer why they're becoming celebrities is that they they're they're only being criminals because they want to put a family together. Yeah. Um, and, and the American public sympathizes, apparently. Yeah. I don't know if it really works, though. Yeah, I can't find if that aspect happened in real life. So. Okay. I've let us down. All right. <laughs> it's all right. I wasn't even looking. Uh, so. <laughs> but I don't know. I know. Do you, do you uh, someone th- gives them a pig at one point. Oh, in the big parade? Yeah. That was kind of funny. That's fun, but I, I mean, it, I don't think it necessarily justifies the story-wise the whole thing. What do you think of the, but, of the mini-celebrity moment in the movie? Yeah, it doesn't really It doesn't work great. Yeah. It just feels like here's a neat idea. Because I mean, the town like straight up officially throws a parade. There's right. like a Ferris wheel going. It's no. like a real parade <laughs> for. It's kind of the for only... people who are actively involved in a car chase. Right. No. Exactly. Um, do I, I? I cracked up at the bit where the at one point the pig uh, pr- pees on her, and yeah. she's like, "The pig peed on me." Yeah. And then Slide goes, "Could you just take this away?" Yeah. They just, <laughs> they just give the pig back to some other random stranger. Um. I. Uh, the reason that I think this, the mini celebrity part doesn't really work on me all that much yeah. is that it kind of totally doesn't fit the rest of the movie. No. Unlike, let's say, Oh Brother or Art Thou, yeah. where out of nowhere, uh, these, this two bit song that, da- that George yeah. Clooney plays <laughs> yeah. becomes a. I'm a man of constant sorrow. <laughs> Sorry. So it's okay. You had to. It's fine. That's. Uh, but that's. Brief so- aside. Yeah, that's, go ahead. <laughs> I will say that's one of the. It's not. Great, mm-hmm. but in terms of uh, singers who are not not actually the actors, it's one of the better matches, I think. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Back to the Future is my favorite movie of all time. But we all Whoever know. the hell is singing Johnny Be Good sounds nothing like <laughs> Michael J. Fox. Um, but it's it's almost believable in No Brother Worth, though. I th- almost. I, almost. But anyway, the bit, the, the reason, like, when that song becomes a mini, well, yeah. mini it becomes a well, sensation yeah. uh, while they're on the time. run. Um, it works because the tone of a brother Arthur is a little heightened. Yeah, heightened, and yeah, you can 
a little more crazy. Yeah. So you can you can allow something like that to exist. In Whereas the this world. is supposed to be like a, a, a it's based on a true story. Like it's right. supposed to be a, uh, we're supposed to believe this as a real thing. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't quite fit. Yeah. And since like we didn't see a lot of implications of the rest of the world being informed about them. Yeah. That's where I also felt like where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> like where's the scenes of people listening to the radio going like oh hey yeah just kind of just kind of throw it in there yeah. It does set up nicely for uh, later when, when things are starting to go bad. Yeah. And she's tossing all the stuff out the back. Uh, oh, yeah. Luann. Lou Jean, I you got in my head. <laughs> I, I found that we, even though I, as I expressed earlier, I, I had a hard time uh, rooting for anybody in this movie. There was something very heartbreaking about just seeing like that teddy bear get thrown out of the car. Oh, yeah. I just felt I felt that made me sad. Well, cause, well, especially because of the fact that it's the continuing hint that um, – it's interesting the fact to realize that Spielberg, I think someone uh, might very, I think it is in fact, uh, yeah, again, once again, the the Michael Korsky write-up, mm-hmm. uh, and I agree with him, is that Spielberg apparently has no interest in reuniting this family. Yeah. And well, I think a lot of that does come from the fact that um, Stephen's uh, parents divorced when he was a teenager. That's You see that in a lot of his movies. Like yeah, them. and so it's... It's a theme he does go back to a lot in his in the in his early films. Yeah, and in this case, it's you can tell his feeling here is really mad about it. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he he has no intention of of having the boy meet up with his parents. No, um, not even for a scene, not even for like a brief <laughs> moment of them. Her love of Luan, Lujin, fuck. <laughs> not even for more for Lujin looking at the window like, oh, there's my boy, and then they drag him away. Like not even that much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's interesting to think that like he that was not the that's not what he wanted to tell. Yeah, which is funny to think of that because most of the time he's he later became famous for doing stories about combining creating families. And yeah, things. So he was a little darker. He was younger. He was, yeah. more, he was a little more a little, edgier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they go to the fans, and then they go and meet the fans again. You know, it was a scene so nice they shot it twice. <laughs> oh God. Um, and then they get to the house. They get to the house. Yeah, they get to the posture house. Cabin's yeah. on the phone. Says, "Hey, man." I want to be a man of my word, but I'm also still a Texas State Trooper or whatever. And then Slides is like, I think he's going to fucking break his word. Like Slides, <laughs> Slides is like, this is code, and I think I know what it means, Clovis. Don't go out there. And what's really cool, because like, you know, he drives off, and then Slide goes, you keep driving? Yeah, keep driving. Keep yeah. driving. So what? Like, Smart keep, move. Keep driving. Keep driving. Because he knows. He's yeah. like, look. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is, there's no one around but us. This can't be a good this sign. Is a, this is kind of bad. Uh, and then Clovis, Clovis has the realization. He says he's not in there. Yeah. And and Goldilon just screams at him until he, he goes in anyway. Yeah. Which again, I mean, down to the very last minute, Clovis's downfall is he will do what his wife says. Yeah. Even when he knows for a fact it's the wrong decision. <laughs> so he gets out of the car, uh, goes in the house, snipers in the house, same snipers earlier who wanted to shoot them at the chicken place. Right. It's a good tense scene, might I add. Yeah, it is. You know, like he's uh, like, Oh, he's behind the tree and then can't get a clear shot and eventually yeah, like one guy. And then it, it, the shot itself, it's like, I think I have a shot. And before he finishes the sentence, he, he has taken the shot. Right. So it kind of gets that surprise. Shoots him like right in the kidney area, mm-hmm. right in the, the lower gut but from behind. Yeah. And uh, Clovis kind of stumbles back into the car. They take off again. Then we see the blood, which was kind of broken by disbelief here, and the blood looked like red paint. Yeah, yes, yeah, movie, and not even red paint, like orange paint. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it was too thick, and it wasn't quite the right color. Seventies red, seventies blood looks like um, paint. Yeah, there's no lie to that. Were people still address, uh, adjusting to color? Is that what happened? I just think was they it didn't like know how... for for so many years we had chocolate syrup and it was perfect. <laughs> I think yeah, people didn't know how to make fake blood yeah. on film look as good or 
more, more like what we assume blood looks like now. So yeah. like, yeah, back then it's like yeah, red and it's liquid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but again here it's like it's like a red orange. <laughs> it's like a red orange. Um, and here's where yeah, and then like it's, I mean later <laughs> later when he, when uh, what's his name the captain takes the gun out mm-hmm. like the blood is stick to the gun yeah. like paint us <laughs> and it's bright red. Yeah. <laughs> Um, maybe in the art where we call them cadmium red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now, yeah, that, he, oh, it's, I think the bit, the detail that really kind of hurt me, burnt me a little bit is, uh, is Slade putting the diaper over. Oh yeah. They're trying, he's trying to kind of make a makeshift bandage. Yeah. So he, he takes diapers that had been given to them at one of the fan mm-hmm. meetups. And that's kind of hard. <laughs> they had a, they had a meetup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, you know, like with YouTubers L- today. Lugin tweeted, like we're driving through, uh, <laughs> Maybe don't there. don't tempt them. Yeah. <laughs> don't tempt them. That the uh, you could mm, Shoreline yeah. Express 2.0. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> they find their way. <laughs> oh god. Um, so anyway, the car crashes in like a shallow river stream thing. And this is a, what do you think of this car chase? This final car chase. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, I think this is the best one of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mostly because yeah. it's a finale. I'll agree. Yeah. Um, the John Williams score is interesting in this bit. Yeah, it's it's almost as if like the last bit of the movie. John, the John Williams, the, the John Williams script for most of them is really nice, really cool, like late, you know, like, you know, Southern Texas type music. Yeah. And then this last bit where it's like, it's clearly the finale, it's got, it's going to a big point. And it's almost as if John Williams woke up and became for a moment the John Williams who scored yeah. Jaws. Yeah. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, John wait, what if I do this? Yeah. And he, it's almost as if he awakened himself. Yeah. It's like, what if I make Something this big happened. orchestral moment? Yeah. And, and that is weird. I mean, most of the songs of this are just like a guitar, which mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, he has, John Williams has like albums of just guitar music. That's right. But in, in a movie, it's weird to hear a John Williams score that is mostly just like a guitar. Yeah. And it's still good stuff, but yeah. it's definitely like, it's almost yeah, like this last bit of sequence almost is like awoken. Yeah. And that's my theory. It awoken the John Williams we knew. Yeah, <laughs> he, he regenerated. He regenerated. Yeah. And it's starting to go. What if we do this big thing? Yeah, and it becomes a really big sequence. And it, I think this is a really well. Yeah, I think the finale is really well shot. Yeah. Really well put together along with John's music. Yeah. Um. But the crash in the river. Yep. Close is dead. Uh, Lugene is. Lugene's caught. By yeah. The captain. He's like, oh man. She's out of it too. What a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other movie. Well, here's an but we get the little, the little epilogue. Well, this, this is interesting to me um, about the finale. Yeah. Uh, two things came to my mind while watching yeah. the, the last few scenes. Uh, one, um, another connection to Duel, mm-hmm. the last shot of this movie is once again a silhouetted gold uh, after, long take. Yeah, after a car crash. After a car <laughs> act, after the car incidents. And it's our hero, or one, well, not hero, our, one of our surviving characters. Yeah, maybe our villain. <laughs> maybe our villain. Oh, whatever. Uh, but like, he is the last. You know, he's standing there. You know, and you know, he's telling Ben Johnson's like they're not bad people. And Ben, and that's what I like about the last moments. Yeah. Ben's like, I know they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. But, but this is what happened. Yeah. Um, so what happens when you're dumb? But yeah, exactly. But it is. It does echo Duel. It is a. Yeah. It's him sitting there wondering what's going on as the credits roll around him. Yeah. And a very stylish credit sequence, might I add. Yeah. Which I feel is a very first filmmaker thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we talked about the stylish opening credits in Duel as well. Exactly. So he, um, uh, no, and, and that's it's kind of funny. I didn't realize, like, oh, hey, wow. It's interesting to see these two movies back to back. Yeah. And to go like, oh, wow, he did that here, and yeah. he did this here. He ended the both both those movies the same way. And I know part of me almost wondered, like, he did that intentionally. Yeah. Because he knows, like, it's kind of like, you know, it kind of continues on what he's already been doing. Yeah. Um, And it ends that way. And so we yeah. we get the epilogue. We meet the epilogue. Which, so... Lou Jean in real life, mm-hmm. uh, something Dent. What's her real name? 
she uh she she got sentenced to five years which already seems a bit light to be honest <laughs> she served 15 months is that correct 15 months yeah uh and then she got her kid back who'd have thought which is <laughs> listen i mean i don't granted i don't know the what the real woman's story was in real life right but judging solely based on this film character <laughs> i don't think she should have got that kid back <laughs> I'm going to agree with the state's call. She's not a fit mother. I was a very, it was really surprising to read that at the end of the film. I'm going, yeah. I'll be damned. No that's, kidding. That's not a happy ending. <laughs> um, and then Ben Johnson and Sly lived their lives. I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah, that was the yeah. end of the credits. Yeah. Um, so they kind of backtrack a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, the film uh, came about from Spielberg himself. Yeah. He read about the, uh, he read about the incident. He read about the incident. And it was under development with another title called, uh, as carte blanche. Hmm. And he was working on that with a couple of screenwriters, and their names are... Well, I noticed he got a story credit. In the... He did the initial draft, and he did story credit, but the actual writers end up being a gentleman by the name of Hal Barwood and Matthew Robbins. It's a solid name, Hal Barwood. Hal Bar- that sounds like I'm screenwriter Hal Barwood. Yeah, Hal Barwood. Yeah, Pleased to meet you. You, ha- you have him write your movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was developed by that, and the film was produced by Richard Zanuck, yeah. uh, who, of course, would later produce... Jaws, yeah, and many other movies, yep. um, and many more, and many more that would probably show on Channel Four. Exactly. <laughs> um, fun little tri- trivia bit. Yeah. Uh, that's Richard Zanuck's kid as the son. Oh, was Langston. Yep, huh. that was his own kid uh, in the movie. Uh, and I think it, like yeah, uh, Richard. Let's see here in the in TCM's film write up, mm. written by Turner Classic Movies. Turner Classic Film, that by written by a Jay Steinberg. Mm. Uh, Zanuck brought up the factor that uh, in an interview uh, looking at uh, Spielberg he pointed out he was in command I could sense it because I had been around long enough with a lot of great directors the Robert Wises, the Richard Wellers, the John Houstons and I almost knew immediately that he had knowledge and command and ability and an innate intimate sense of visual mechanics of how you put these pieces together so that the final result was striking at 26 (laughs) (laughs) It's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. So we, after all is said and done with you know, you know, watching this this film as a second feature length film, his first theatrical film, which underperformed, might I add. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't do well. Um, overall, what you know, you, you you said you liked it, but not as much. Yeah, I liked it, but I think I think it had some problems. I think I, I like I think I I liked its moments yeah. better than it, the overall movie, yeah. which I think is going to be a running theme for me uh, in this <laughs> podcast. Jurassic Park. Sorry, that was that was weird. That was a weird cough I just. That's had. really odd. That's yeah. like a very specifically toned. I don't. Yeah, I don't, cough. Know, I don't know what happened there. All right, um, um, check on that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll get it looked at. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I, I think it's got some some really strong moments. Yeah, and. Uh, he, he definitely he got he got the training and necessary for his next feature, which I believe to be one of the greatest films ever made. <laughs> so clearly he was he was doing something right here. I, I definitely feel like no, I think it, it, was it famous film critic Pauline Kael mm-hmm. uh, brought this about felt that with Chicken Line Express. She said that like this is one of the best filmmaking debuts I've ever seen. Yeah, and I could say, and that still doesn't mean it's perfect. Yeah, let's let's not let's like why it's not a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy it. I think I like it overall. Mm-hmm. Is it one of my favorites of his? No. Nah. But if let's just say I never... But if I lived in that time where it was 1974 and I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch a crime film and I see this movie, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's all it needed to be. You know, it's like... um, And it's a solid... Yeah, but here's the thing too. You watch this movie and you go, this guy's going to be... This guy 
keep an eye on him. Yeah. Whatever he ends up doing, you're going to have to keep an eye on him. Yeah. Because he clearly knows what he's doing. That's what we said about Duel. And what he said about here. Now when you give him a, budget, uh, give her, uh, give him a bigger budget, um, he's proving himself that, oh, no, he can, he's got something. He's doing something right. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting thought to have. And you don't have to answer it now. Okay. But um, think about it when we start going on to the movies. Yeah. The big ones. Uh, the big another ones. A film critic I like, another film critic I'm a big fan, his name is Drew McQueenie. Yeah. He brought up a really, he was asked, uh, there's a game he plays called Movie God. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is you have to strick a movie off of existence between two films. I actually forgot what the other one was, but one of them was Sugar Line. Uh, one of them, I think, might have been Jaws, actually. Yeah. And he says, what a great deal of pain he picked Jaws. And he asked, why Jaws? And his answer is this. He feels like Jaws created the blockbuster Spielberg that he has been trying to do a version of since 1975. Yeah. Um. He's intrigued, though. He doesn't believe... But here's the thing. He made Sugarland Express before that. Yeah. So he's in the full belief that Spielberg could have kept making movies after Jaws. After, yeah. If there was no Jaws. It yeah. would have been something else. Yeah. Now, the question is, what would it have been? Could it have been more movies like Sugarland Express that are smaller, more intimate? Yeah. Character-driven? Yeah. Um, and what life would that have been until he did Jaws? Yeah. And became Spielberg? Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't, I'm saying that and I bring that because like, not to answer it now, but like kind of think of that question when we go to, I'll answer it now, I'll stick with Joss. <laughs> until when we get to I'm jo- never getting rid of Joss. I'm never going to get rid of Joss. But not even then, like not even say like get rid of Joss, but think yeah. about like, cause here's what, what we, no, what I get what you're saying. Yeah. What, what I'm we, saying is all that potential is still worth having Joss. Oh no, agreed. I know. And we'll get to that in the yeah. Joss app. But I think what's, what's kind of neat to, what did, what did, what did he work? What did, what stuck with us the most? Yeah. The characters, um, the little bits of humor. Yeah. Um, still some of his strong visual cues. Mm-hmm. He's still talented. Yeah. And even though a lot of the elements don't combine itself to a cohesive movie that works perfectly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get what he's saying. If you get rid of Jaws, he would have made another movie. Yeah. That would have been better than this. And this movie is pretty solid. Yeah. For what it is. So it's it's something to think about too. Like when you start watching, when we get to 1941, start asking that question. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> that'll come up. <laughs> All right, plugs. Uh yeah, why don't you go ahead this time? Uh, go to bedmenetwork.com, Check out all the shows I do on there. They are uh, popsicles, Matt and Breno's wrestling show, Shut Up Leonard, Benson's Boombox, which and this is a spoiler for Justin, but it'll be out by the time this comes out. Benson's Boombox is now Whoa! back. Wait, it's back? It's been on hiatus. I mean, it, in real life right now, it's not back. But no. by the time this episode drops, it will be back. You can go to BenvyNetwork.com and get that episode there. Mm-hmm. So definitely check that out. Follow me on Twitter. I am Dr. Matt Benson. That's Dr. Matt Benson. And uh, check on uh, check on my monthly uh, wrestling rights rights my rights. You rights. I do some rights. Your rights to wrestle my, monthly. <laughs> my monthly wrestling reviews that I do for some website. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear about it. The one I'm, I'm going to talk about right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can uh, that website for. Uh, that website is agentsofguard.com. Yep. That's the oh, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, so it's the one that Matt does monthly rest up, rest, rest up, rest ups. <laughs> oh my god, I, we forgot how to it's talk. Tough. This is terrible to forget how to talk during a podcast. <laughs> um, Matt, Matt does monthly write ups on wrestling uh, for agentsofguard.com. I write weekly write ups of movie movies that are coming out mm-hmm. uh, the following uh, that coming Friday every Monday, most of the time. Sometimes I don't, yeah. um, but I also do a lot of writing writing on agentsofguard.com. Uh, you can follow me on at. Justin Keyson mm-hmm. on Twitter. How is spelling Keyson? Q U I 
Z-O-N. There it is. Quiz. You've heard of the app Quiz Up. This is Quiz On, but don't pronounce it that way. Don't pronounce it that way. <laughs> um, follow me there, and uh, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see you next month. Next month, and that will be a big episode. Well, or will it? Is what I'm going to discuss with you off air. Here we go. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Tune in next month. Okay, bye. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.